Welcome. You are listening to That'll Preach. This is Brian. I'm here with Paul, my co-host, and we're going to talk about uh, some interesting topics today, or one one in particular, but I want to welcome you to the show. We are historically informed, slightly irreverent, although I think we're more just slightly irreverent than historically we informed. We are very irreverent. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that's our MO. I, yeah, that's probably what it is, but but in a, in a charming kind of way for people who listen to us. And, uh, but, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in and, uh, you know, this is really just a forum for us to think out loud. I like to do the method of, uh, saying things out loud before I think about them. That way I can figure out what I'm actually thinking. And that Paul likes to lead everyone more, astray. That's right. Yeah. Your poorly formed thoughts. I think that's uh, mostly what I, I mean, <laughs> earlier today, Paul was saying how I am a terrible spokesperson because I totally misrepresent people's positions. Especially mine. And Paul agreed with me. So that's exactly what he said. He agreed that, uh, well, actually, I guess you didn't agree with me. This is all my worst nightmare. What? I cannot, like all of this thinking on the fly gives me an existential crisis. It just crisis. happened right there. I just, I, I feel like I ran out of rope. I just, you know, <laughs> you I just, just said no. Yeah. I was the look like, on your face. You're yeah. Just like, I just shut down and well, I fall asleep. That's my coping, like, that's my coping my mechanism. Yeah. It's your worst nightmare. Just hearing people uh, not know what they're talking about and talking. Well, I mean, what we're doing now, just like thinking on the fly. It's like, oh, here's an interesting thing that we thought a little bit about, but we're just going to process out loud. And this is a therapy session for you. This is a philosophical therapy session for Paul was this is this is all raw this is our <clears throat> disclaimer these are just raw thoughts raw talking we don't edit too much um so what you hear is what you get I feel and, like this uh, is the equivalent of a warning it's like yeah <laughs> if you're I'm already preemptively like please turn off the exactly I'm already preemptively priming the audience uh to get ready for you know crazy things that we're going to say preemptively but, uh, i'm just it's, it's not Paul's. that it's it's really not that dramatic i don't think no, i don't not. think we're that insane um but <laughs> yeah says the yes yeah, says a crazy person no no actually we we do we tried to hide our more controversial views until we grow enough of a following build up enough of an, a nest egg and then we can say that we can really, piss off as many people as possible yeah exactly exactly <laughs> well uh anyway paul you're here with us live today paul yeah it's great flew in from Waco. Just to do this one episode. Just to do this one episode. And he's going to fly back. And then he's going to come back and fly back tomorrow to do another episode and just fly back. That makes it sound like we actually have money to run this No, thing. absolutely not. But uh, Paul, how, how are you enjoying life in Waco? I mean, you had a, you have a postdoc you're doing there, doing some research, writing all day. You're living the dream. It's great. I'm, I'm actually getting paid to be a philosopher. Who said that philosophers are poor and are destined to live starving, homeless lives? Did you say that? I don't know. I feel like that's what people think. It's like the starving artist is that true? and the starving academic. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, like there are not many jobs in academia. So mm. I feel lucky and grateful to have one of the few. There you go. But well, you were being paid to be a philosopher before though. That's true. But as a grad student, you get paid pennies. Mm. It's just like barely enough to live on. And now I'm actually getting a salary. What kind of research I feel like project? I shouldn't be advertising this too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul's ruling dough. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, hopefully your research is going well. Are you reading anything uh, interesting? I'm reading tons of interesting stuff. Lots. I mean, we talked about some of this. The bioethics stuff, the normative ethics, just lots of questions about how to live your life and be a good person. So once you finally figure all that out, you can start to live a life. That's right. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> just like sitting there reading books being like, one day I'm going to actually apply all of this. It's like, have you seen the meme of the guy who climbs the hill and finds the like the golden scroll that says everything and he expects it to have this deeply profound truth. He unravels it. And then it says like 
something trite and obvious, like be kind and don't like, don't be evil. And that's like the mystery to life. And there's something to that. Philosophers are just like too overly specialized to see some of the obvious truths. So you're saying that your profession is essentially useless and a four-year-old can mine those insights without any help. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 There it is. There I feel like is. that's going to cheapen everything we're going to say now. Well, but a four-year-old can't do what we're going to do in the next 20 minutes. It's hard to tell think. people why they should not be worried about life extension processes. It's hard to think well. I will say that. Yes. That's something I appreciate about philosophers. I feel like you guys are samurai or like Spartans that you just, you're, you're arguing with each, with, with each other all the time and you're doing so, trying to sharpen each other's arguments and sharpen what you think. And Oh, that's know. so sweet. That's like um, your way of saying, you, I love you, Paul. Do you, yeah, there you go. Do you think that you change your mind a lot? Yes. Hmm. That's probably I, a good, that's probably part of good thinking too. Thinking. Unless you started off with all the right views mm. and you're like, yeah, now I think it's okay to kick your kids off of a cliff. Yeah. Well, I've always thought that. that, but I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not letting that one go. You said that so deadpan. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's how I do things. But uh, anyway, we're glad to have you back live and uh, part of the regular rotation again. And uh, we're going to record, I think, 15 episodes in one day <laughs> just to cover the rest of the year. Just like the We should days. just do something, too, since if we record a bunch of episodes in advance, just start, like, predicting what things are going to happen. Like, the next episode, you'll be like, can you believe that? What Elon Musk said? What Elon Musk said? Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we can see. the gift of prophecy. Yeah, we'll see how accurate these are as That's the months go. That's not a bad idea. On, you know, so we could, ha we could have something there. But anyway, today, this was sparked from one of our many conversations that we randomly have at random hours of the day about life extension, about living forever. And this, I kind of <clears throat> brought up the question because I was thinking about, you know, the limits of life and how technology gives us the idea that we can be anything, do anything. Um, it gives us a sense of control over things that in prior generations we had no control over. Mm -hmm. And I saw an article about these billionaires who are investing in life enhancement or life lengthening <clears throat> projects. I think one guy, he's spending billions of dollars just to try to live forever mm -hmm. doing all these treatments. And I know Jeff Bezos and some other guys are yeah. doing similar pursuits. And, you know, I guess if you're a mega billionaire, you've already like, you know, conquered the world in a sense. Yeah. I guess the final frontier is death itself, but then it got me thinking about, well, if you're a Christian, death is defeated by God. Mm -hmm. And I know that's more than just <clears throat> the cessation of physical living, but there does seem to be something unnatural about trying to live forever or lengthening your life. And I guess we can talk about whether those are similar things or the same thing. But uh, it was interesting whether whether it's ethical for us to try to extend our life for an inordinate period of time, a long period of time, or even forever? Mm -hmm. like, is it something we should pursue to actually stop death, mm -hmm. stop the process of aging? Um, so what are your thoughts? What have you heard about some of this technology that's coming out? Yeah, maybe we could give a little bit of what the actual science is behind this and then talk about some of the philosophical implications. But yeah, so I don't, I don't know if it's Bezos specifically, but some billionaires are investing in um, like basically repairing your DNA telomeres and like very quickly, your telomeres are the, like basically the ends of your DNA strands have these little, 
um, closure packets. It, like the analogy is like the end of a shoelace, you know, there's that little plastic piece. So when your DNA copies itself, it pulls off the end of the shoelace, unravels, is copied by RNA, and then it comes back together and the shoelace end goes back on. But in the process of that happening, the end of the shoelace gets smaller and smaller. Basically, it wears down. So until you have no plastic bit on the end of your shoelace, and then your DNA just falls apart and unravels. And that is what aging is. That's what the, like, that's part of why we die. It's your DNA unraveling? Your DNA unravels, yeah. I had no idea. Every time your DNA is copied, it has to open up. And, and it's just RNA. copying every day just as a function yeah. of life so mm -hmm. you can survive. Yeah. But like every time your cells split, it's because you've got your DNA copying and replicating itself into another cell and that cell splits into another cell. And so this process of replication happens all the time. But as a result, there's wear and tear on your DNA. So your telomeres are the parts that hold your DNA ends in place so they don't unravel. But eventually, like they're going to unravel and you die. And that's part of what aging is. When all your DNA just unravels? <clears throat> yeah. So some of this technology is targeting your DNA telomeres and trying to figure out ways to lengthen or extend, extend it. Um, and so there's evidence that people with shorter telomeres, you can do this now. You can go do a test and check to see how long your telomeres are. And that's supposed to correlate with your life expectancy. Or if you have, for example, um, a tendency in your family towards heart disease, cardiovascular disease, it's more likely to happen earlier in your life if you have a shorter telomere than a longer Wait telomere. Wait a minute. So you can, there's a test you can do to figure yeah. out how long you're going to live? Yeah. Uh, well, it's not, it's not exactly perfect, but th these are indicators. Because you can always get into a car accident. There are lots of other factors. Well, yeah, but... but, but Oh, yeah, it's, I guess that's true. Your health yeah. and how you if, if you compare groups of people like short telomeres versus long telomeres and you count this in terms of the base pairs, like you want your DNA when you're born, a long telomere is 8000 base pairs. And so that's just like the number of amino acids like the ATGC. Do people know this when people are born? No, this is just like the average number. OK, the average number of like a healthy long telomere is 8000. But as you get older, by the time you're elderly, it's about 1500. And so DNA unraveling is partially the cause of Alzheimer's, dementia, old age, um, low metabolism, all these sorts of things that we associate with dying. So your mid, like midlife is about halfway between the 8,000 and 1,500. Um, and so if we, can, if we can grow the telomere, if we can add base pairs back to it, you could, in theory, slow down or even reverse the aging process. That's the idea. I don't know if I want to get that test to figure out how much time you get I know, left. right? You'd be living like sort of, I mean, it wouldn't tell you how long you've left, yeah. but still it could cause unnecessary like existential, all that DNA testing stuff. Like the 23andMe, it tells you what you have like genetic predispositions for. So it, it could be like existentially discomforting to say the least. If you find that you have a genetic predisposition to certain kinds of cancers or Alzheimer's or I don't know. I'd rather just not find out any of that stuff. And it's tied to the telomere. So like if someone has some a of it is, greater yeah. chance of breast cancer, it might manifest earlier on if they have shorter telomeres. Yeah. It's still, it's a very new field and the people are only beginning to look into this, right. but yeah, there's a pretty strong correlation between short telomeres and early onset, you know, negative health. Well, I guess um, for cancer, like if it's a breakdown of DNA then and you have less rope, so to speak, mm-hmm of copying before it frays or whatever, then mm -hmm. it would happen sooner, right? Well, yeah, and, and the flip side is in cancerous cells, you can actually, like some cancer therapies, target the cells that have cancer and try to shorten those telomeres. 
So that basically gives them oh, a lower lifespan. So it's part of what makes wow. cancer so like problematic is they like those cells have really, really long telomeres. And so they replicate and they're really, really healthy in the process. Why do they have long process. telomeres? But the I don't know. This is my like I'm oh, because they're mutants. They're they're mutating. In, right? in a sense, they're mutating. But if, if you can target specifically just the cancerous cells and shorten their telomeres, you can kill them. I wonder if you could like lengthen. <laughs> wow, you could so you yeah. could lengthen telomeres. Yeah, and um, you could shorten them. So there's at least some way to lengthen telomeres if, if cancer and, cells are coming. I, I and don't there's, know there's, any science. There's some ways. Yeah. Oh yeah. There are definitely ways to to lengthen them because there are therapies that do this. And this is what these billionaires are paying for. It's it's crazy. It's That's wild crazy. stuff. Yeah, you know this reminds me of that Alanis Morissette song. Ironic, you know it's like Can you sing it on your wedding day. A free ride you just didn't take. I don't know something this like one. that. But it's like all these things. But it'd be, it'd be funny. It's like you're get. It's like you're lengthening your telomeres, mm -hmm. and then you get hit by a car the next day. You know, it's like <laughs> that is possible. Well, yeah, it is possible. But uh, it, it kind of goes to show that no matter what you, how much money you put into this, you're never actually going to escape the dying process. But you will. I mean, you might like stave off natural death yeah. to some extent. That is interesting. I, it's still, we can't control that. We can't control all those factors of, you know. You, or right? a new virus could come, a new right? And then oh, you just gosh. don't know, right? Like that, yeah. it's just going to stave off certain natural ways of decay. That's right. You could still get terribly sick. Yeah. I guess the only thing you would stave off would be cancer. Well, you, you like the healthier you are, the less likely you are to die of other things too. That's true. And we saw this like during the pandemic, like if you are just unhealthy in general, you're more likely to die from a virus. So and if this you're is really just general, stopping you from dying from old age. Right. So it, it is increasing what's called your health span, not mm -hmm. necessarily your lifespan. Your lifespan is correlated with your health span. Mm -hmm. The healthier you are as an individual, the more likely you are to live a longer life. Oh, I so see. you can indirectly extend your life, your lifespan by directly influencing how healthy you are by looking at your genes and targeting your telomeres, making that your DNA is not unraveling as quickly as it would normally. So is that ethical to, to Yeah, you I mean you you say a little bit about why you thought it was you thought it was unnatural. You said the word in Well now that you're talking about this, it sounds like like gene editing or like if you were to find out I mean if you saw like if your kid was born, let's say this technology advances and you see they've got short telomeres. Mm -hmm. Could you enhance them? Is, is that is that weird? Is that same thing as changing their eye color so it's the way you like it? Is that yeah. the same way as making them taller? You know, it, yeah. I don't know. That it it seems odd. You know, or it's like a question of like, do you correct Down syndrome? In the, you know, if I mean, so this comes back to the question of what's therapeutic and what's not therapeutic. Changing someone's eye color seems like a non therapeutic intervention. But if you meaning know someone, it would be bad, meaning, like there's no, it's, it, there's, it's not like directly related to health and flourishing so in the same right. way. So it's, it's, it's probably a little vain or something like that. Vain or yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I don't know what motives, what pure motives you could have as a parent that would, you know, be moving you to do that. Um, so the so, question is like, okay. yeah, what, what is human health? What is human nature supposed to look like? That's the ultimate question here. What are we supposed to be? And so what's a deviation from that? So we're supposed to correct the deviations. Cancer is clearly a deviation. Um, all the forms of sicknesses that we typically treat, those are deviations. If someone is going to be born with like, like missing one chamber of their heart and we could correct for that, that's a deviation that's corrected for. Right. Is like a shortened telomere a deviation? 
or is it just a natural, typical way that's, of being yeah, a human that, being? Yeah, right? I guess that's the question. Yeah. And because then you would say, if, if, you, if you're missing a chamber of your heart, you know what a complete heart looks like. Mm -hmm. But what does a complete lifespan look like? What are yeah. we supposed to live to? And then, right. what, you know. And this is complicated by the fact that if you're a Christian, you think human nature is immortal in the sense that we were designed to live forever. And it's only sin and the fall that make us diseased, weak, sinful, and dying. So in one sense, the transhumanist project, like all of these people who are saying, no, we should try to get away from human fallibility, sickness, um, death, even like this march against death. Sometimes Christians feel a sort of unease about it. Like it feels unethical. It feels unnatural. But there's something deeply Christian about the desire to live forever. Well, I think the difference is, is the desire is good, or mm -hmm. at least it's it's mapping onto something that's intrinsic in us that God designed or whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. But are we supposed to be the architects of it? You know, we're, I don't like, how do we get eternal life? It's the resurrection. God provides that pathway to it. So even when you think about human fallenness, that's can only be remedied by divine grace. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much that the motivation is bad. It's just, we're building Babel. You know, we're trying, or is that, is it building Babel? Are we trying to do something that, are we trying to correct something that is bad with a solution that we're not authorized to do or, or we're not supposed to do? Well, so my, my pushback is in the 1600s, the average lifespan was 30 years. Now it's 79 in most developed countries. Did we do something wrong in the scientific industrial period to get us to that point? Is there something wrong about like extending our lifespans and making ourselves healthier so we don't die at age 30? Well, you were talking about immortality. I think it's well, a little let's, different. Let's, just, let's say we could extend our lives to a thousand years. Yeah. Is there anything wrong with that just by itself on its own? I don't think so. I mean, okay. all things being equal that it's, you know. <clears throat> Assuming it is even possible to make ourselves yeah. live forever, which there might be physical constraints on that. But like extending lifespans on its own isn't necessarily unethical or unchristian. Sure. I don't know. No, I, yeah. I think it's more the, I guess maybe just the editing of DNA. It just seems like you are doing something that, as opposed to just exercising and eating well and all these types of things. Um, I guess you could say it's just the same thing as medicine. Yeah. But but the thing, even with medicine, it's just, it, there's something about it. it it's like you're, you're um, rewriting the code or something like that. I don't know. It just, it just sounds bizarre. But I guess every kind of health treatment we're doing, we're trying to repair DNA in some respect. Or, well, that, I mean, even that right? language that you're using of yeah. repair, yeah. repair means that it's not the way it should be. Right. And so we're correcting it. So the question is, did God design us so that our telomeres shorten and our DNA unravels? Or is that a product of sin? Well, and so it's okay to correct for it. What, what are some hesitations that you have about this? Um, I mean, it's difficult to see how we can live the same kinds of human lives that we live now if we're living at a thousand. So imagine like, I don't know, could you start a new career at age like 150? Or like go back to school hey, at age 150 200? 150 is the new 40. Right? I mean, that it would radically change how we think of ourselves as human. Like life stages would look different. You wouldn't have 
like infancy from zero to two, um, toddlerhood from two to four, childhood four. And then like all of those things would either be like moved to different like lengths of time or you just say like adulthood is now 18 to 100 rather than 18 to 50. Or we and just then, change your numbering system. Like like every just, 10 years is a We year. just call it one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is eight years old. It's like you could. Yeah. Or 80. But yeah. I mean, you see how that would like change. It would change how we like think about ourselves and it would change. Like the world would look so different if we were living that long. I mean, there's a, I don't know. Some of these guys talk about how, imagine the kind of wisdom we would have. Like typically you get wiser as you get older, at least yeah. like anecdotally. Right. But then like. Once you've achieved like some modicum of wisdom, like those gray hairs, death comes and like snuffs you out and you're no longer of use to the next generation. But let's say we were able to hold on to these people like from 60 to 150, like all of that hard won knowledge and wisdom is now like circulating in the public sphere in a way that like we're no longer dominated by the 18 to 35 year olds who have the most energy and the loudest voices. Now we've got all these like wise old gray heads to like. But, but wouldn't it be though that part of the wisdom that comes is the fact that they're running out of time. And then if we lengthen time, then in the person at 80, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, I don't know that it would track, but it's sort of like whenever like you, you know, you, uh, you become hyper efficient at work and it just brings more. Uh, they give you more work. They give you more work or something. It's it it's it doesn't actually. Maybe that's not a great example, but I'm but you're to, still gaining experience. Sure. Like part of your wisdom is in you've experienced more than the average eighteen year old. Yeah. And that's what we call maturity, hmm. or at least like someone who's experienced is a seasoned. You know, they've what, experienced a what, lot. Wonder what that is. As a side note, what are the things that old people they're finally like, you know, <laughs> I, that that oh, I wish I was young so I could apply this thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I thought you had something in mind. Maybe. We should, I mean, I'm thinking about like, we often think about like adolescence and youthfulness as pursuing like fleeting lusts, mm -hmm. like, like fame, money, like relationships, sex. And then you like get old and you realize actually there are more important things in life. You settle down. You think that like deep seated contentedness is like a better way to live than living impulsively. And this is why we often don't trust 18 year olds with like I don't know, powerful machinery and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so I don't know, maybe that's sort of like your worldview changes a little bit and you see things as more important that actually are more important. That could be good for the world. Hmm. More old people around. So extending our lifespans, people are around longer so they can learn more, they can be wiser, and that could have a benefit for, for all of society. Yeah, that, that could be good. I mean, yeah. One of the other negative downsides is just like the sheer number of dollars put into this. Yeah. And you wonder like who's going to be the one receiving all the benefits. And we talk about billionaires. It's obviously going to be like those who can afford these sorts of really expensive treatments. So are we just going to have like even greater disparities? And it's only the top 1% that's going to live to forever. And then like all the rest of us and the poor people are just going to, you know, live normal short lives and what effects will that have on society? So those sorts of justice concerns are concerns that I have, but they're not concerns like intrinsically with right. the life extension process. Somebody was saying though that like, at least uh, some of these billionaires are saying 
that there's a trickle down effect that if they mm. go forward, it's like the event, you know, the people with the money have to go, they go first because they have the resources and they're testing this stuff. And then once they crack it, they'll have it only for, by the, they'll have it to themselves for a period of time, but then mm -hmm. it'll be commoditized and there's a trickle down effect. So it's like the rising yeah, tide lifts all boats kind of thing and everyone yeah. else gets the benefit. Maybe they're saying that to- To make us all not yeah. wanna, but, yeah. I mean, the part two is like, <clears throat> this desire to stave off death, it's almost like an obsession. Mm -hmm. Like all these kinds of things people are trying. Is it like a fear of, is it robbing us of the kind of sense of mortality we're supposed to have? If, hmm. you know what I mean? Hmm. Like, is there something about, is there a humbling that we're gonna miss out on? Is there a fear of God that they don't have to ever contend with? You know, because God did, you know, when he eggs out Adam and Eve, he had them die so they wouldn't live forever in their sin. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, death was a, a reprieve uh, mm -hmm. from their condition. So then you wonder, like, is there an attitude behind point. this that we shouldn't have? Probably. Because <laughs> I think when you try to live healthy or take medicine or whatever, you're like, you're not trying to like escape death. You know, you, 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 I think part of it's like you want a good quality of life yep. and you want to put it off, but you also know that it's inevitable or something like that. But there, there's something about this chase, the money going in where it's like, it's not inevitable. We mm -hmm. can, like there's almost a very, what's the word? Um, a, a hubris. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's some hubris in this? Uh, I probably, I mean, I, the motives of the individuals pursuing it are one thing. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Jeff Bezos doesn't have pure motives in anything he does. And I'm pretty sure he's a vicious human driven by self-interest almost all the time. Yeah. We're, so, we're sponsored by Amazon. So uh, we, yeah, we need to cut that right. out. We just got our sponsorship cut. But yeah, I mean, bracketing off the motives, when you get a life-saving surgery, it's life-saving. When you get a, I don't know. You, you, you reopen a valve in your heart that saves your life. And that wouldn't have been possible even 200 years ago. So I don't know. I like, is the asymmetry between what we were sick in the 1600s versus now, did we do something wrong? Did we affect ourselves in a negative way as a human species by all of these medical and technological benefits that now make us live longer, clean water, better sanitation, We've got medicine, we've got surgery, we've got all these sorts of things. Yeah, I guess it really is, it's, it's, it's just DNA repair. It's not necessarily life lengthening necessarily. So I guess it'd be like, oh, if your DNA is broken and you're just like your leg's broken, we're gonna mm -hmm. wanna heal it. Yeah. But the problem is it's like, how do you, I guess it does come down to that question you identified earlier on where what is the normal? What's the right. deviation? Right. You know, I, I can assume if you could see that, oh man, this kid has a very short telomere, or whatever it's called. Yeah. He's gonna die at 16. You're like, that's not right. And right. you would feel a little more ethically justified to lengthen mm -hmm. that. But then if it's like like, oh, you're gonna die at 85, or at least it's that's roughly how long this will last. Yeah. Does it you know? Well, here's here's a thought experiment. In the new creation, will our telomeres get shorter? No. Okay. Right. So that I, I think that means that that's what humans are supposed to look like. 
So DNA unraveling is a result of the fall. It's part of the deviation. Right. And so it's not good. Well, but I think it's like we're, we're, we're humans supposed to create cities. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. they created Tower of Babel. Like, what's mm-hmm. the motive? It's you're, you're trying to get something apart from the way that maybe God would ordain it. I think just the, again, yes, we won't have, we, we will be immortal in new creation, but that's not, but the whole point is that it's not by our own doing. Yeah. What's the lesson from the Tower of Babel here? Well, I'm just saying like, you could imagine, um, you know. So you're saying it's, it's pursuing something good in an inappropriate way, yeah, yeah. not pursuing something bad. Right, right, right. Why is it an inappropriate way? Because God has to give it to us directly? I think that the way that God brings about eternal life for us is through death, right? Cross and resurrection, that kind of thing. It's through the portal of death that we're raised to life. We're trying to circumvent that. <clears throat> we're trying to get the eternal life without the death, without the cross, without the, you well, know what I'm saying? You've got people who are going to be alive at the second coming, right? Sure. So whatever, whatever explanation allows those people but they're not circumventing something that's just that's just what happens to be that's a different thing they're they're not bringing that that that's just something that, that that's 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 providence that's they happen to be there that's not something where they're evading death so it would be like you know yeah i think the cross the death of christ the the, the centrality of death in the in the christian faith it there's something odd about that. Are you trying to avoid the cross kind of thing? Well, it, it is. I mean, there's a sense in which it's Christ's cross that gives us eternal life. Like, do we need our own personal death to be part of that story? Like in procuring eternal life, I don't see how like my death is necessary to that. Right? Like it, it, that, that's a typical way that it works. And for most of human history, humans died. But now let's just say like, it's possible that we can make ourselves live forever, like never die. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't, I don't see, I don't see how it's circumventing anything good or necessary. I don't see the difference between jumping from 30 to 80 years life expectancy versus 80 to a thousand or 80 to 2000. It seems to be the same kind of move. And while there might be other challenges in, okay, well, how do we understand what it is to be human and to interact if we live that long? I don't see it as being unchristian. Right? Like you, you, well, you think it's I think tragic if someone dies at 16. We're conflating extending someone's life versus never wanting to die. That's, I think that's still a different thing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't so know. Creation maybe. was subjected to death. God subjected the world to death for a purpose, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so maybe it just, maybe the answer is just that it's, it's just not possible. I'm more okay with that answer than saying it is possible for us to acquire it by ourselves and it's unethical. I'd much rather say it's just not possible for us to do that. Like God but, placed but, but, a physical do, do, do manifestation. You, do you agree with my distinction between trying to extend your life versus never trying to die? I, I, I see the distinction. I don't, I'm not sure that I think it's morally relevant. Like if it's permissible to want to extend your life to 2000, I think it's, it should be moral to extend your life to. I guess it could be the motivation though, where you're like. Sure. You can have bad motives in what you do. Yeah. Would, is there a bad motive to wanting to not die? Um, yeah. I think like self-reliance. 
I think anything that makes you like see yourself in a way that doesn't require reliance on God, that's always bad. So wouldn't avoiding death be that? I mean, you would need God to raise you from the dead. You would, I mean, death is such a metaphor for inability and all these types of things. But in the new creation, we're still reliant on God perfectly, even though we never die. Like, I think the important thing is to recognize our contingency and Christ's lordship and our utter reliance but that seems compatible with us living forever because we'll be able what to do that this? in the new creation, right? Um, what if, um, what about what about death as a judgment, as a penalty, as mm-hmm. a just kind of thing that's inflicted upon man? Um, then you would be avoiding something with an ethical tone to it. God condemned man to death for his sin. And if you try to avoid that, Aren't you trying to circumvent something that God has built in as a penalty? Wages of sin is death. That's interesting. But it's still permissible to have a life-saving. Why would that not make it unethical to get a life-saving surgery? I think this is, again, the the posture, though. Um, I think when you get a life-saving surgery, you're not saying... I'm never going to die. Like there's an attitude that these, um, okay, this is off the cuff of the head. So, um, a life saving surgery would be like, you're taking medicine when you get sick. Mm -hmm. What these billionaires are trying to do is they're not sick yet. Mm -hmm. What they're trying to do is they're like obsessively washing their hands to never get a germ. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're trying to preventatively, like one thing is you're trying to fix something that's broken. The other one is you're, you're trying to avoid it entirely. But I guess you oh, know, yeah, we try we, to be we, healthy. We think and, preventative medicine is good and preventative yeah. care, like taking care of your body and washing your hands is good, as we learned. Like, I don't know, all that stuff seems to be wise. But you're right. Like the billionaires doing something else, like trying to... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there is something like, I like through my own power, I want to become immortal. It's yeah. almost like, that, 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 a, like exactly. Like a, Do you, like you a, hear that? Yes. That, when you say it feels, like that, yes, it yes, yes. When you like, say like a mad dictator, but but that that feels <laughs> different than saying, I want yeah. to live a few more years. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, God gives Hezekiah a couple more years. You know. Maybe the difference is, and God actually lets people live for. Multiple centuries. I mean, in, in, in Genesis and I think, yeah, I, I think that this is so fun because like everyone's listening to us, like actually, this is the yeah. first time we're hashing all this out. So it's like thinking on the fly. I don't know. I, yeah, I could see uh, there, there seems something problematic about I, I, I want by that's my own hands to I'm make talking me. about. Yeah. 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 And I think that's yeah, morally distinct from from wanting to extend your life. And I, I, I grant your point about going from, you know, lifespan of 80 to a thousand or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, also, I mean, you know, you say you live longer, you accumulate knowledge. You also accumulate a lot of other bad things too. You know, you could grow deeper and deeper into like vice. warts. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was waiting I for guess this is a therapy sen- session with uh, like what? Like vices? Yeah, like you could deepen in vice or you could. a terrible dictator. Or, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? That's an, So yeah, that sense that you said that death can sometimes be a reprieve. 
Yeah. It's from like allowing you to devolve or degenerate further into sin. Yeah. But that's not necessarily, I guess, with whether or not lengthening of life itself. Yeah. Just the desire to lengthen life. Maybe it's the desire to lengthen your life, I don't think is bad. Right. I don't think there's a, even the desire not to die. That's not a bad thing. Right. It's good and healthy. But I think there is some tipping point in which you say, I will never, like a rebellion of like, I refuse to submit to the fact that God has ordained this finitude on my life as a judicial kind of sentence. So the finitude makes me sound like, it makes it sound like it is impossible to achieve this thing. And so the hubris is in thinking you can go beyond Okay, so that's what you mean. Maybe, it might maybe not be that's possible. What yeah, that's what I mean. So do you, like, do you mean like, well. <laughs> I mean like, like yeah. God has placed a cap on the way like the physical constraints of the universe well, are. So that you even, can never. Not even yeah. that. I mean, if you think about the second coming, yeah, or that you too. are going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. So there, there is a cap. There so is a true. narrative to the yeah. story. Yeah. There might be physical constraints, even that, I don't know. The you know what's of, crazy though? Yeah. I, I remember thinking about like, man, what if you could live forever in this world? And you'd be like, well, you'd outlive the earth. You get sucked in a black hole. You go through the black. I guess that'd be immortal. That's different. <laughs> what? I, I'm, I'm just thinking about length of time. I'm just thinking like if you could be immortal, nothing could kill you. Uh-huh. You just outlive the sun, the earth, the universe. You just float around in space for billions of years. It'd be miserable. Like Thanos? Yeah. Like <laughs> the majority of your existence would be floating in nothingness with nobody. You know, yeah, like that's that's kind of an <clears> odd <throat> thing too. Um, now, again, you're, we're talking about lengthening life, not immortality. You can still get shot, you can still die of a disease, yeah. you can still get crushed by a bulldozer. I don't know something like that. <laughs> so but 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 there is something to that where maybe part of the finitude is we y- you you could lengthen your life, but you can't control all these factors in the world. Yeah, and God has control over providence, and even resources run out. Mm-hmm. The earth isn't going to last forever. Even creation itself is decaying. Yeah. So there's kind of an irony of like, well, you could try to never die, but everything around you will Right. There's other die. things that will still give you that contingency. Like yeah. you're still never yeah, in exactly. control of everything. That's yeah. right. So you're never exactly. Yeah. So maybe that's a way in which you're, you're always dependent upon God because mm-hmm. you, you can't control those things. Now, if you found a way to be impervious to any damage or whatever, but still, even then, everything around you would be right. decaying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Isn't it weird to think about living forever? Yes, and sometimes it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it bores me, sometimes it freaks me out. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you're like, is that real? Like, are we really going to live forever? Like, how does that even work? Yeah. Well, then, then there are all the challenges of like, the boredom of immortality or just the tediousness of immortality. What could you ever do that would occupy your time? And so like philosophers talk about how our, our psychologies might change that we don't get, don't get bored ever. Or like God's presence is so utterly captivating yeah. that boredom is just not a possibility in light of living in ideal conditions. So all those sorts of things are probably parts See, that's of the weird thing. Death feels so unnatural. Like it, it feels like, ah, it's, it's so painful. Hmm. And yet immortality in its own way feels kind of unnatural. That's a good way to put it. Right? Because there's a weird sense in which you feel like, I mean, they say when, you know, when you're young, you feel like you're going to live forever. Mm-hmm. That's weird when you conceptualize that. I think it means like you think that your days will just be the same day, day after day after day. Yeah. But at the same time, like when you say you think like you're going to live forever, you actually can't think of what living forever is actually going to be like. Like, what is it that thing that makes us feel happy? Like, oh, if he told you, you're not, you know, 
you're always going to, you know, you're going to live forever. What do we think of? We just think of an endless succession of, you <laughs> yeah. know, young yeah. days. Yeah. But we don't actually, even that, like, <clears throat> what am I trying to say? Even our conception of that is limited. Like, we still have, like, a terminating point. Yeah. But if we <clears throat> actually lived it, we'd be like, what the heck? We never, it just... Just goes on and on and on and on and on. It's like, have you ever been bothered by the the line in Amazing Grace when we've been there ten thousand years? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, it's like, and then we've only begun, just yeah. begun to sing God's praise, and it's like, like ten thousand years. It's like, just like a drop in the ocean of eternity. I know. And if you think about that too much, it could cause like an existential panic. I'm not saying that I've been there before. <laughs> I just know a guy. <laughs> You're just sweating right now. <laughs> now it kind of makes reincarnation sound uh, interesting because like. It's a way to depends on what you come back. That's true. That's true, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's a weird thing. Both are unsettling. The fact that you're going to die, and -hmm. the fact you're going to live. Why? What? That you're going to live. That you're going to live forever. (laughs) Why? Why are those both so unsettling? Because depending on which aspect you decide to focus on, both Mm -hmm. are a little bit disturbing. Like the 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 ending of all the things that you enjoy and love: your friendships, your relationships, your work, your like. Going inside and looking at trees, all mm-hmm. that stuff is going to end. But then, like, you're the sort of thing that gets bored. And so you think about life forever. And you're like, that also doesn't sound great. So it just depends on what you decide to focus on. Well, I guess two. it's because of our conception of time. And, like, we don't – I. it seems like time is, is sort of a measure of finitude, right? I mean, time is mm-hmm. – well – I don't know. I guess we'll. Be, I guess we'll still be some kind of time in the eternal state. It'll be timeless, or eternal time. Or some philosophers depend, defend a, a timeless existence in the eschaton. Then that gets technical very quickly. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting. Do you, how do you deal with the existential uh, freak out of eternity? I just think that we're going to be like very different from our current state. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get bored. And I think that the new creation is just going to be so, so full in all the ways that this version of reality is kind of like shadowy and imperfect Hmm. that it's not the sort of place that's going to be tedious. That's true. Maybe that's the thing. We feel like we would be bored if we lived forever in this world. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's an argument for why. With our current psychologies. Yeah. But a glorified psychology might be different, right? Right, right. Maybe that's the thing. We're also not fit for immortality right now. Yeah. You know? This is why Lewis talks about like, the kinds of creatures that inhabit the new creation are ones that are solid, right. not shadowy. So right. they have certain qualities and attributes that allow them to enjoy perfection. So we as imperfect creatures, perfection would be miserable right. for us. So that's we, why we need to Did we God's do grace. a great divorce series? I can't even remember. I don't know. We, we did one with maybe, the, maybe we the should college do, guys. Maybe we should do a Let's great do divorce. It. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah, I'd do it. What do you guys think, viewers? You can... Send in your votes or something like that. Just mail them. Mail them to Paul's house. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, well, this was an interesting topic, and I definitely want to think more about it. And uh, I think uh, it would be very tempting to think, man, you could squeeze out another 10, 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, and overpopulation. See great, great, great grandkids. Yeah, yeah. That'd be, oh, man. Your great-grandchild, Zaquar. <laughs> What Zaquar? He's gonna like. He was born on Mars. Yeah, he's gonna terraform like part of the like intergalactic. I don't know. 
Oh my gosh. That'd be funny though. People are like, I'm just tired and we're going to kill him. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're just going to kill grandpa. Great, 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 grandpa. He's taking up too many resources. <laughs> like that. But he won't stop singing Akon lyrics. That's right. He's yeah. 400 yeah. years And also Akon, Akon got his telomeres extended, so he's <laughs> still around too. He's 4,000 years old. But, oh man. Uh, anyway. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you guys for listening to this. If you guys want to hear us talk about another topic, make sure you send us a message. You can DM us at That'll Preach Podcast on Instagram. Also, you make sure that you uh, share this, subscribe, and leave a good review for us. That'll help us out a ton. But thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week.